I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 129 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch. Let me know what you love, what you hate, and maybe even what you want to hear more of on the show. Guys, week five is upon us, and what better way to celebrate such a prestigious event than having an absolute legend of a guest, and a legend of a guest I do have. It is the one and only Bob Harris at Football Diehard on Twitter. He is, among many things, the senior editor for Football Diehards, an absolute legend of fantasy football, and host on Sirius XM Fantasy. Bob, how the heck are you, sir? I'm fantastic, Evan. I appreciate the invite. And, uh, and I don't know how much of a debate it is. I mean, I don't, I know better than to go up against a dynasty master in this. I, I work with one, on, with one on the radio as well. Mike Dempsey, my co-host there. Uh, I play a lot of dynasty uh, and do enjoy the game though. So we'll, we'll put a little spin on it that way. And, and hopefully I don't look silly in the debates. Oh no, absolutely not. I um I have managed to have my first ever uh, in my mini leagues. I'm in like many leagues, too many leagues. Too many. Um, but I've All managed to get my first ever 0 and 4 start. So I'm no longer a master. <laughs> I'm one of my leagues. I've managed to start out 0 and 4, which is very heartbreaking. But happens. It happens if you play in enough leagues enough times. So thank you so much for taking time to hop on the show. It is an absolute honor and privilege to have you on. Uh, how was your week four overall in in fantasy football? What was the biggest shock i mean there's so many shocks for me personally but other than like the giants having a winning record what was the biggest shock for you in week four of the nfl you know i mean always when the injuries hit hard you know you're a little bit taken aback and you know having to make some of the moves i i don't know if anything like really took me totally unawares. I like josh jacobs performance was fantastic uh you know for the raiders love seeing that and maybe that's something they'll you know a bit of a course correction for them going forward jk dobbins you know, gaining a little traction after the slow easing back in. The easing is over, it appears. And uh, uh, safe to say that he'll be the the primary piece of that backfield going forward, even with John Harbaugh telling us all Justice Hill is uh, capable of being a feature back. So, uh, so nothing like too surprising. I, you know, like I think like a lot of people are totally surprised by T. Higgins. Well, not totally surprised, but maybe a little surprised that he's had how much more productive he's been than Jamar Chase. But I think it's pretty clear what, you know, some plays, some point that's going to course correct too, because it's basically just coverage based. They're shutting down the big plays uh, for for Chase, and it's opening the door for Higgins. And at some point, the punishment inflicted will result in more open looks for Chase. I think you know you can say Matthew Stafford's poor play just in general. A lot of times, the poor play though, Evan, you know, we keep seeing is is based as much on offensive line play as it is on the players around us. But in this case, maybe some of the other pieces of supporting cast, I'm looking at you, Alan Robinson. Uh, you need to do better. Well, what is the excuse? Me? Well, he can't play against zones really well. well. Why are you paying him $15 million if he can only play against man? What? what? Uh, so uh, they need some, you know, 
there's they need some work there. That's really uh to me maybe that you know as I think about it you know I'm on the air while while that game's on and and we're discussing it kind of in real time and so you know it seems like a kind of like a slow motion train wreck going on. But you saw the sacks and the interceptions, another pick stick. I think I think now uh, Matthew Stafford is tied with Joe Namath uh, for the most pick sixes in NFL history. Uh, I'll have to verify that. But anyway. Uh, I just think, you know, the, the performance has been, you know, pretty poor in general. So I guess that's a little bit shocking. We expected a lot more from Allen Robinson. The rushing attack was non-existent. And again, a lot of this, you know, a lot of these problems that we see in fantasy fall back on the offensive line, it turns out, over the course of time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but there has been many shocks and the shocks just keep on coming. It feels like usually the first two or three weeks of every season is a bit weird and wonderful. You get those players that pop up and you're like, oh, I didn't know this dude was even on the roster and he's actually viable, but it's just not course correcting fast enough for me. I mean, there are some players that you expected to be able to use or you expected great and wonderful things from that are just not delivering on a pretty much weekly basis, which segues me very nicely into one of my favorite segments every week. It brings me much joy to be able able to talk about some of the pain that I have suffered over the previous weekend. <laughs> so let's dive into our hatchet man of the week. An honorable hatchet man does not lie. A hatchet man. Right up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Anyone can carry a hatchet, even a liar. So before I launch into my expose here about my hatchet man of the week, guess first, Bob, who is somebody that you had pretty high hopes for and they just completely <clears throat> let you down in a big way? First cleanup on aisle Stafford. He is tied with Joe Namath for the third most pick sixes in the history of the NFL. So apologies to you, Matthew Stafford. I <laughs> should have. Um, so like, and I guess, you know, it's, I mean, I come to expect something more from James Robinson. Look, you knew there was going to be a game where he didn't score touchdowns and wasn't effective, but, but the negative game script in that Philadelphia game, I thought this might be a good game for him just given the weather issues that it might, you know, be a little opening for them to lean a little more heavily on the run. I knew the matchup was tough. I didn't know it was like two points, two fantasy points tough, right? And so, and like, there were a lot of, you know, a number of poor performances in that game on the Jaguar side of the ball. Offensively, you can start with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, turnovers hurt everybody's production, right? You don't have as many drives and, and all that. You know, and it was not like Travis Etienne was gaining a ton of ground. I think he scored three points. So, <clears throat> but I did, you know, like, kudos to James Robinson for, proving uh, you can apparently come off a torn ACL or Achilles and, and get something done, unlike some others we've seen. But in this game, he had zero traction, couldn't get anything going, and uh, and it was uh, and it crushed me. I'll, you know, that said, I mean, in Dynasty, you know, obviously you probably invested in him as a free, you know, in that big season. And so you probably didn't have a big draft pick investment in him. And in redraft this year, I mean, he was going way late, so it's not like you overpaid for him. And so you can... It's a little easier to deal with a, a down week when you can go back. Go, yeah, well, it didn't cost me anything, so okay. Uh, well, the exact exact opposite of yours is mm -hmm. for me the mighty Jonathan Taylor, who absolutely submarined me. Um, I don't have a lot of Jonathan Taylor. I only have him on one squad. Actually, I had him on two or three, but I managed to work out some pretty big trades. I'm not a really running back heavy guy in Dynasty. I like to build with wide receivers and quarterbacks and stuff like that. So a lot of guys like Jonathan Taylor, CMC, I don't have a lot of shares of. But in the one league I have Jonathan Taylor, it's actually like a points per carry league. Ooh. So I'm thinking 
Jonathan Taylor is going to smash this week. They're just going to run all over the Titans. He had 20 attempts for 42 yards. Now, I'm no mathematician, but I don't think that is good. I don't think that's what we want to see. You don't have to be a doctor to be able to tell that the baby's ugly. It was not a good week for me. 19.47 fantasy points projected. He gave me 2.3 fantasy points. It was brutal. I ended up losing. I, I, this is one of those leagues. You have these leagues every year. If you play in enough leagues where you go into the season and you're just rubbing your hands, looking at this roster, thinking I'm going to go undefeated. I have Kyle Pitts in my tight end. I've got Jonathan Taylor at my running back. I've got Dak Prescott as my quarterback. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and here we are four weeks into the season and I'm two and two. Um, so yeah, there you go. That is my Hatchet Man of the Week but I'm going to move on here. I'd like to say it's the happier times, but we do need to discuss some injury news. Spilling the tea. Now we have, I mean, I've said it last week. I'll probably sadly continue to say it. Feels like we're in mid-season form already with these injuries that are just piling up on us. There's so many here. I'm just going to run through them, try not to weep uncontrollably, and then I'll get Bob Harris's uh, genius takes on this from a maybe dynasty perspective, just see what he thinks about some of these injuries or how he sees the values affecting these players. First and foremost, we have to lead off with one of my favorite running backs, Javant Bay. We have to pour one out. He sadly suffered a torn ACL. It's been confirmed, and it's not just even an ACL. There's other damage has been done. Um, it is a mess. I don't have all the all of the uh, exact phraseology here, but uh, it, it's a mess. It is not good. Um, it's one of those ones where they're not even expecting at this stage to definitely have him ready in time for the start of next season. So it's massive. It's not good. And it is very sad. If you were relying on him in your running back room, Cordero Patterson has gone on IR with a knee injury. Um, it's not nearly as serious. He is expected to miss the next four weeks or so. Um, again, adjust accordingly. Hopefully you may have him later on in the season for the run in, but you're not going to have him for the next little while. Daniel Jones feeling a little bit better considered sort of day to day, but they're traveling to London this weekend to take on the Packers. Tyrod Taylor's in concussion protocol. It's a bit of a mess anyways, um, but there you have it. Rashad Bateman is dealing with a mid foot injury. Uh, I didn't get any more details on that as of yet, but I don't believe, well, so far, it's not anything like IR or anything like that, but it's not good. You don't want to see that from a guy that we were hoping to see big things from this year. John Dotson has a mild hamstring injury. He could miss a week or two. He's been killing it for the commander's absolute stud rookie wide receiver taken in the first round. Brian, Rob this is one good news. So finally, a good piece of news here. Brian Robinson Jr. has been medically cleared by the commander's um, medical staff. He's off the NFI list. So they have a little bit of time here to kind of take him off IR and elevate him to the 53-man roster. You'll love to see it considering he got shot in preseason. That's a pretty uh, almost semi-miraculous sort of recovery. I did not expect to see him this early back into the in the swing of things. Tua is out this week. He's in the concussion protocol. Obviously, there's an ongoing investigation about how all that was handled. It was scary stuff. Prayers up for Tua. We hope that he fully recovers and is able to make a big impact, but I'd rather them hold him out, even if they need to a couple of weeks, just to make sure everything is ready to go. Traylon Burks has been diagnosed with turf toe. Um, 
I mean, obviously our first thought is probably that it's thankful it's not anything really, really serious, but at the same time, turf toe can be fairly serious. Uh, if you all remember a couple of years ago, it was Devontae Adams had turf toe and it just took him out for like half the season. It just kept lingering. And it, you know, for someone like a wide receiver who cuts and pivots and puts a lot of weight and, and stress on their feet, I mean, this is not necessarily a good thing. It could mean him being out for quite a while here and he hasn't even fully broke out yet. So that's disappointing. And last couple of things here. So the tests are negative on Jonathan Taylor's ankle so it's not a serious injury at this point in time he potentially may even be able to play on Thursday night football but you are a brave soul indeed if you put him into your lineup on a short week after the performance he just gave you and then lastly here as if I hadn't spoken enough Jamison Crowder did um, suffer a broken ankle I believe with the Buffalo Bills there so he is out of the picture now to me that sort of opens up some more room for Isaiah McKenzie and my boy Khalil Shakir who got onto the field a little bit looked good as a dangerous weapon that can be used but there you go there's some of the news and notes a lot of bad news a couple of little happy bits of sunshine there with brian robinson but i'm gonna throw to you i've been talking long enough here what are your thoughts any of these that you want to pick out maybe just discuss from a mm. potentially from a dynasty perspective on how you see this impacting values or if there's any hidden you know silver linings here maybe with some of these injuries for other players we'll see about the silver linings for some of these i mean obviously for every injury and every absence there's an opportunity javante it was the lcl to go with the acl and the issue for those is always that they often let the uh, uh, the first injury heal or the minor or more minor injury or the LCL or often the MCL heal so that when the surgery is done on the ACL, the rehab can begin right away. Uh, you know, they got to wait for the swelling to go down either way. But so so that is going to be a bit of a lay. I mean, it's different for every player. I think uh, J.K. Dobbins injury was worse than just the ACL. And Gus Edwards was just the ACL. They were about a week apart, but obviously Gus Edwards a little behind him. So everybody's different. Michael Gallup back after nine, you know, nine months and seemed to be just fine. So <clears throat> we'll hope the best for him. In the meantime, you know, if you're counting on, you know, I know a lot of redrafters out there running out to grab Mike Boone and uh, Melvin Gordon probably already rostered. Uh, but they also added Latavius Murray. They snagged him off the Saints practice squad. And apparently he can just step in and, and do, do his business, right? He'd do Ladavius Murray-like things. Uh, I want to go back to uh, something you said earlier, though, and uh, offer a big hot take. All babies are ugly, Evan. All of them. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so uh, but uh, in Jonathan Taylor's case, I do think, you know, you're totally correct on that one. Uh, it, you know, you'd almost think it's malpractice for them to push him out on the field this quick. Although I've talked to him before. He takes a lot of pride in his best ability, which is availability. And he'll, you know, until last week, hadn't famously missed a practice going back to high school until he missed one with a toe last week. So then the ankle this week, and you often see that one injury can lead to another. They're compensating, doing things like that. Rashad Bateman, a little concerning. Anytime you hear that midfoot, uh, <clears throat> you just, you know, the hackles raise and, and go up. Uh, the Cordell Patterson, uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I've invested in Tyler Algier because like you, I tend to build my dynasty through wide receivers. He was a running back that was available later. And so I have some shares of him and we kind of knew the range of possible outcomes was at some point starting or hell, not making the roster. I, I don't, you know, maybe you could, you, you see it differently. He doesn't look special to me. I, <clears throat> I talked to Matt Waldman a lot from the rookie scouting portfolio and, you know, he, he'll kind of explain it like he runs what's in front of him, right? He's not looking around. He's not creative in his, uh, in his running, but that might work for this offense. If they're just going to hand the ball off 14 straight times and we'll see what Caleb Huntley can do. Um, over the course of time, those are, you know, all these are opportunities maybe to get a little something going on. So I'm all for that, but, uh, never for injuries. Hate that. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I 100% agree with you with the Tyler Algier, even in the pre-draft process when I was sort of scouting him out of, um, you know, BYU and stuff, I thought he he doesn't have the best vision. He's sort of like, if there's an opportunity in front of him, he will take advantage of that opportunity. Um, you know, and he's one of those guys like maybe a very poor man's Derrick Henry. If you mm. give him 30 touches, yes, you'll right. get something out of him. Right. But um, I don't know that Atlanta's going to do that. So for me, my initial thought is, you know, if you've got Tyler Algier in Dynasty, like you mentioned, you probably got him with a third round, maybe even a fourth yep. round pick. People weren't that excited about him. If he gets a big week or two, probably I would be looking to flip him. He, I don't see him as a building block piece of your dynasty uh, future. And if you're able to take a third or fourth round and flip it into a second round pick or add something small and get a second round pick in a much stronger, better class in 2023, I think that's you know the way you win in dynasty is you make those kind of deals as the season moves along. So we're going to move on then. I promised happier times. We're going to move on and talk about some happier things. We've talked injuries. We've talked disappointment. But now let's look into the future. Let's look forward to week five and get hyped up about something good employee of the week employee of the week so we've got a couple of segments here we've got bus smart where we're talking about a player that you know you might be excited to throw in your lineup you might be thinking good things are on the horizon but we're here to be the wet blanket and sort of call me down a little bit just say look let's just pump the brakes let's manage some expectations here who's somebody for you um bob that you're thinking you know i know people are excited let's not get too <clears throat> excited appreciate the whole wet blanket thing it is my brand i have I'm always looking to, <laughs> to splash some cold water in people's face look melvin gordon if you're expecting him to come out and go gangbusters it's possible um, also possible after four fumbles, including one return for a touchdown last week, that he's on a short leash. And remember, over the offseason, right, that, you know, here's a team and a coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who talked extensively about using multiple backs. He wasn't all, they weren't all that keen on Melvin Gordon being that back because they let him roam all across the country looking for other opportunities before they brought him back on a greatly diminished deal, $2.5 million contract. He's getting older. By the way, if you've ever met Melvin Gordon, you will not find a more jacked up dude. I'm telling you, he is like, you see a lot of these players and you think, wow, you see Melvin Gordon, you double wow. Um, but, you know, honestly, if if we came out of this week's game and Latavius Murray leads that team in rushing, I won't be shocked, right? And I'm not saying Gordon can't get it done, but be prepared, people. Uh, this, is, this is not your Chargers edition of Melvin Gordon anymore. And, and I think most people know that, but, but we seize on those opportunities and we uh, we we build them up in our minds. So just keep an even keel on this one, kids. I, I totally agree. I um, yeah, 100 percent. I think, you know, <clears throat> if anything, unless you're a very strong contender, I would just jump in there right now and try and hype up Melvin Gordon and flip him maybe yep. to the Javante manager. See if you can get a 20, if you can get a 23 second for, for Melvin Gordon right now, that's money in the bank. I would do that all day, every day. Um, because I agree with you hundred percent. It's just as likely in my mind that Latavius Murray comes in and gets the lion's share of the work, or at least splits 50, 50 with Melvin right. Gordon and maybe even gets the goal line. He work. Looked, he looked better than Melvin. He looked better than the Mark Ingram. I thought yeah. for the same. I was, I, mean, I was at the London game there um, this weekend. I saw it live in person. It was really disappointing for me. I thought, look, as a, 
former Viking, you could have just done us a solid and fumbled a couple times or something. <laughs> but, you know, he he looked pretty good. I was pretty surprised that he didn't have a roster spot already compared to how good he looked. So absolutely agree with that one. For me, my pick for Bosmart is the much, much um, talked about, much fought over Gabe Davis. Uh, no, I think part of this, the reason he I have him as a potential Bosmart candidate, I think he's still possibly dealing with some effects of that ankle injury. He just didn't look right um, in that big game at the weekend. He played similar amount of snaps. He ran similar amount of routes as Stephon Diggs against the Ravens, but he only had three targets and one reception. Um, he had a far worse receiving grade than even Isaiah McKenzie, according to PFF. I still just think it could be lingering effects of this ankle thing that he was dealing with here. And far as yards per route run, which is an efficient efficiency metric I like to look at, he was registering a 0.32, which is, um, it's not good for those of you paying attention at home. So for me, again, it's a high powered offense. You know, Josh Allen is an absolute stud. There's always the chance that Gabe Davis is in the end zone and you're loving it, but I would pump the brakes. And if I had some other, depending on what the other options that you have to pivot to, I could, I would potentially look at that just to see, see how things go until he gets a little bit healthier, maybe a little bit later in the season. What about, now we've talked about some more bad stuff. I really need to get out of this negative mindset here. <laughs> we talked about three bad things in a row, but we're going to talk studs are us. We're going to talk somebody that you are taking off the taxi squad or maybe off the bench. Maybe you even grab them on the waivers. Who knows? <clears throat> but somebody that you're not sure of. You're him and Han. Should I start? Should I not? Um, but we have kind of looked into that crystal ball and we can give you our assurances that they're going to have a splash week this week. Bob, who do you got for us? I think if you're taking a chance on somebody any given week, like if you just find yourself in a horrible bind and you have you know just like i'm looking for like a swiss army knife kind of player i think that player is going to always be curtis samuel right and hell maybe you've already come to the realization he should be in your lineup he is currently wide receiver well inside the top 15 i want to say 13 has over i think 65 fantasy points he's just uh, you know this is something we should have seen coming right and i think our fear of the injuries and, and like i profess evan to be injury agnostic and uh, you know because everyone gets hurt According to Jonathan Taylor, it could be even him. So, uh, so you know, so I don't go in drafting afraid of injuries, right? I just accept it and embrace it. Football is a tough sport, uh, and people are going to get hurt. Um, so we knew Curtis Samuel coming over from Carolina. This same coaching staff made great use of him, and the way they paid him coming over uh, to join the Commanders uh, suggested they had similar plans in mind. Now we're seeing that come to fruition, and that you know. This might maybe he's the original wide back, right? Except he's not as wide. He's like a narrow back, but but still, uh, getting all the touches, they're manufacturing looks and scheming them up in great ways. And and but by the way, kudos to this coaching staff. I don't think they get a lot of those. Uh, and Scott Turner in particular for doing the same with Jahan Dotson. I think you go back over the course of the season, especially week one, those that two touchdown game. I mean, those plays were dialed up, especially for him. They you know they schemed him to get in the end zone there. And the and he was the first read on those passes. So I think, you know, this to me, Curtis Samuel is a guy, if you drafted him, you probably invested double digit, you know, draft capital in him in redraft this year. And if you have him in dynasty, you've been sitting there, you know, probably debating whether to, to toss him into the, the, the ash heap or not. And then here he is turning into the thing everyone expected him to be, or at least the coaching staff. So uh, for me, every week, if I have a piece, I'm going, where's my Curtis Samuel? I'm going to squeeze him in there.
Absolutely. I love that call. And to your point, Jahan Dotson, we just talked about, he's beat up. He's missing, you know, he's, he's missing for possibly a couple of weeks there with the hamstring. So Curtis Samuel has led the commanders every week in targets, as far as I'm aware, if, unless yep. I'm wrong here. So we that again, correct. yeah, hundred percent. He, he meshes really well with Carson Wentz's skill set and what he's looking for and things like that. So absolutely love Wait, that. Carson call. Wentz My- has a skill set. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's shocking. It's shocking to believe. Um, you know, he's a very limited skill tree, but you know, there is one in there. Uh it's what is the low A dot person that I can dump the ball off too quickly that I can trust. Five um, blocking for him, commanders. It helps. <laughs> so my pick is a little bit riskier. It could backfire on me, but I'm gonna go big or go home here. And I'm gonna say George Pickens. And I'll tell you for why. It is actually a tough matchup. So everyone's talking about how, oh man, this is gonna be the rookies, you know, first full starts going against the bills they've got a really tough defense this is going to be really tough for him i agree with you i get it i 100 get it i think for me this is more of a vote of confidence in the player george pickens i loved george pickens in the pre-draft process i thought he landed in the perfect spot to develop his talents because the steelers are like wide receiver you they know how to deal with these wide receivers um and they have been getting absolute just amazing things out of him already. He's had a couple incredible just catches. He's coming along a lot. And it was really interesting that when Kenny Pickett did come in the game, he had like an immediate connection with George Pickens. Pickens was the, you know, tied for most targeted player by Pickett once he came into the game. And last week, he was George Pickens was the highest offensive and receiving PFF grade for a receiver on the week. I think that for me, so for me, it's a vote of confidence in George Pickens. He's coming in as wide receiver 43 on the Fantasy Pros expert ranking. So, you know, kind of in that flex consideration, but certainly a low-end flex. I get the fear that it's the Bills, but, you know, Tomlin wants to win. He doesn't like to lose. He's never had a losing season. He's going to want to win. I think they're going to have to be aggressive to have even a chance here. They can't just run the ball with Najee Harris and expect to beat the Bills, I don't believe. So I think they're going to need to throw the ball. I think Kenny Pickett has a connection with George Pickens. He's that kind of player that you can just throw up those jump balls to and expect Pickens to come down with it. He doesn't even have to be that wide open. You've already seen some circus catches from Pickens. So I'm calling my shot here and I'm saying, you know what? If you've got your sort of three wide receivers already locked in and you're looking around, scrounging around, there's a lot of injuries and you're looking for a flex play. Maybe you've had Pickens on the the taxi squad and I would say go for it. Elevate him, throw him in that lineup. I feel like he could have a pretty good game there with Kenny Pickett. P- Kenny Pickett looked like he was more aggressive um, than Mitch Trubisky. He had a higher A dot. He was pushing the ball down the field. He doesn't have that fear in him. You know, he's a pretty mature uh, rookie quarterback. He, he definitely took his time getting to the league. So I think he's probably ready to just let her rip and see how things go. Now, for the last segment here under the employees of the week, we've got a new segment for this part of the season for in the honor of Mr. Unlimited himself. We've got let's ride or let's hide. So what's a matchup that we are trying to attack? We just want pieces of because we're excited about the potential outcome or the shootout or what's a let's hide. Let's get away from this matchup that we don't want anything to do with. If possible, I believe we actually have some crossover here for the first time, (laughs) which is pretty awesome because it makes me feel better about my pick. I will let the amazing Mr. Harris go first here, Bob, who do you got for your let's hide? Uh, So uh, it's, it's the 49ers and Panthers, right? Baker Mayfield playing horrible football, encouraged by the usage of Christian McCaffrey and encouraged by last week's, you know, DJ Moore. Uh, targets uh, and and I'm stretching right I mean there's not a lot to be encouraged here Ben McAdoo running this offense uh, and uh, calling shots for Baker Mayfield who has mm, a lot of passes batted down at the line of scrimmage 
think he leads the league in that category. I want to say 11 so far this year. I could be wrong. There might be more. Um, I'm still going to start McCaffrey. I'm still going to start. Well, I'm still going to start McCaffrey. DJ Moore is on that list. Maybe I'm going to maybe scoot Curtis Samuel in ahead of him, and I'm rightly so. On the other side of the ball, I think it's you know a narrow funnel, but the, the 49ers are perfectly fine doing uh, as much as necessary. Look, Debo Samuel, you're going to play him every week. Uh, you're going to play, you know, Debo Samuel. I don't know. Maybe Jeff Wilson, if you if you get, you know, if you're if you're getting a little attrition at running back or you you have a need there. Beyond that, I don't see you forcing Brandon Ayuk into lineups as much as I love him and want to just a, like a, a highly rostered dynasty player for me. George Kittle, you're probably going to play him every week. But, man, dial back those expectations, people. He had the touchdown that was, didn't quite make the touchdown last night. I think, you know, I li- I'm happier that he's playing with Jimmy Garoppolo than Trey Lance. But, honestly, I'm not really happy with him. That team has a lot of tight ends. I feel like if Tyler Croft had been active last night, we maybe have seen a lot of targets for him as well. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm dialed back. Uh, you know, I think both these offenses are funnel offenses. There's one player I'm really dying to play on each one, and it's McCaffrey and Debo. And after that, you're kind of, t- I feel like you're taking your chances a little bit. Wilson, not taking your chances. You just need that touchdown, right? Otherwise, it's going to be 15 to 18 carries for 70 to 80 yards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- just again, just because with the way the, the show works, I put up, put together a show sheet, send it over to the guest, and, you know, we put in our picks. Sometimes we don't even see each other's picks until we're going to record. And I was looking through, I was like, oh, yes, okay, we're on the same page here. So that is my let's hide as well. Um, I don't trust either coaching staff at this point in time. I hope Matt Rule gets fired. He's just shown he can't be the guy here, I don't think, in the NFL. He look, he's great in college. He does great things in the college program, but it's a different beast, as we saw with the Urban Meyer experience. Um, it only has a 39 and a half point over under one of the lowest over-unders of the week. Uh, Carolina is 12th ranked DVOA in defense. Uh, so they have a pretty solid defense themselves. San Francisco is number one ranked defense in DVOA. Um, so fourth against pass, first against the rush. We've already you've already talked about it. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Baker Mayfield looks atrocious, looks terrible. Um, I, I don't want to start him. I don't trust him to get the ball to DJ Moore against that defense. CMC, you're going to start CMC. You have to. You're, you're kind of pot committed to starting CMC, but I absolutely agree with you there. What about then your let's ride in the words of the famous Mr. Wilson here? What what <clears throat> what what matchup are you just you can't wait to get pieces <clears throat> of? Uh, so I'm into the Bengals and Ravens. I think, you know, Sunday night game, 40, I want to say 47 and a half points. Is that right, Evan? Uh, pretty solid over under. Uh, and a lot of pieces, a lot of playable pieces there. We'll see if Rashad Bateman's available. But Mark Andrews, again, another one of my most rostered players. I am totally in the tank for him. And uh, turns out rightly so. You're going to be playing Lamar Jackson without, you know, any fears. I think you'll be playing J.K. Dobbins. Without any fears, uh, you know, you might take your chances if Rashad Bateman is is up and running with him on the other side of the ball. You're, you know, look, it's not been great for Joe Mixon. I'm not gonna lie. And the and the Ravens front seven is better than their secondary, which is maybe improving, but not enough to slow this passing attack with with Burrow having all those options that he has, including Tyler Boyd, man. He's you know, he showed he can really step up if need be. So like all the pieces here be a um, should be an exciting one. Hopefully there'll be a bit of gunslinging going on. It was definitely weird to see the Ravens and bills kind of, it was a, it was a hard game. It was a toughly fought game, but it was definitely a different outcome than I think we expected uh, going into the game, but hopefully it'll be more firepower. I'm going with one that seems a little bit counterintuitive at first glance, but I do have method to my madness. Hear me out on this one. People I'm going for the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. Now, 
It is only a 44 and a half over under, so it's not great. Um, it is like sort of on the paper, looks fairly lopsided, 12th ranked against 30th ranked offensive DVOA, 6th against 27th defensive. So, but I think that couple things i think that there's a lot of pieces you're going to want i think it's going to be a get right game for the jags i think they you know they didn't play up to their potential last week it was a messy game a sloppy game um i do think doug peterson has done wonders for this team i think trevor lawrence has taken a step forward so you know for me i think they're going to be able to score points i think they're going to be able to put points up against the texans now on the other side of the ball houston they have nothing to lose and you know, they, they don't, they don't really care. They're just going to be out there um, playing their best. And honestly, I was fairly impressed with Davis mills last week. He came in as a top 10 um, rated quarterback for PFF. He came in 11th in big time throws. He has had some really nice ball placement. They scored 24 points against the chargers. Um, I think they will be able to put up some points against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. You know, this is obviously, um, you know, one of those games where these teams know each other pretty well. I think Damian Pierce is the real deal. I think that he is an absolute stud running back. I don't know how long-term in Dynasty, but for this year, I think he's the dude. They want to use him. He's been looking awesome, so I think he's going to be able to help them get some run game going. Brandon Cooks, you always, you know, you're probably always starting Brandon Cooks. You can even start Nico Collins if you need to in a pinch, depending on how large your league is, how many flex spots you're using. Um, I'm totally happy throwing Trevor Lawrence out again. I think it was a messy, yuck gross game last week there were some mistakes being made but i'm happy throwing trevor lawrence back out there again james robinson i'm going to throw him back out there christian kirk damian pierce like i said even depending on the situation if it's a super flex i'm willing to start davis mills as my second quarterback depending on the situations zay jones again i've talked about it before in this podcast i think he's an important part of that puzzle for them as their wide receiver too especially in games where they're being pushed and they're forced to you know maybe actually score some points and not just sit back on their heels and run the ball um so i think zay jones you could even possibly start him so yeah i'm hoping for a more exciting game than what we actually see on paper here i think you sometimes have to look a little bit deeper once the season starts going to find those gems i feel like it could be an uh beneath a sneaky sneaky start there for the jacksonville jaguars and the houston texans let's see an exciting sort of fireworks here amongst the sophomore quarterback extraordinaires now, what I do want to get Bob's opinion on here while he's here is I want to talk some trade targets because it's this time of year. You're four weeks into the season. <clears> you're <throat> starting to get a feel for how the season's going to go. Now, don't get me wrong. There's always those teams that start out one and three or oh and four, and then they just hit a hot streak. Maybe they get lucky with injuries. Maybe they hit a couple trades and then they're in the mix come the end of the season. But by four or five weeks in especially in dynasty, you want to get ahead of the curve and you want to start thinking ahead and thinking, okay, do I need to retool this year? Do I need to strip it down? The quicker you can make that decision realistically, the better your chances of getting some good deals done because you've got a wider pool because there are people who maybe are in denial. Maybe they're 0-4 and they are thinking, I'm I'm going to be it. I'm going to be a contender. I'm going to do it. you know. And they're willing to throw those picks around because right now winning is all that matters. So we're going to talk a couple of trade targets. Stay on target. Stay on target bob as the guest here who do you got for us do you have any sort of trade targets off the top of your head you're either looking to acquire or maybe even move off of here in dynasty at this point i I think in dynasty i'm going to be looking to land Traylon burks uh you know you know he's hurt he hasn't done much the passing attack hasn't been great but he's a very talented player i want some of that talent i've not been sold on him but when you see all the other rookie wide receivers having great success uh, and we see it over and over, right? It's, this is not a, you know, and, and he, he's coming up a little short. Maybe you have somebody disillusioned or if not disillusioned, 
just with a need, right? <clears throat> you know, so go out and scour those other rosters. Look for somebody who's hurting at a position that you have some strength at, or if you have some pieces that are, you know, maybe give provide some short-term relief, uh, whether it's, you know, Jamal Williams uh, is, a to me, an ideal piece to be moving on. Look, I'd go with Rashad Penny as well. I like Rashad Penny. I think he's probably, you know, once, <clears throat> once you're the Pete Carroll guy, you're that until something forces him to move away from him. And it doesn't matter. According to Rashad Penny, even first round picks got to wait their turn. Uh, so, <clears throat> so we'll see what Kenneth Walker turns out to be, but I mean, you know, the fact that he's there is obviously concerned. So if you have some pieces that, you know, you can maybe dispose of or feel like you're coming off big games, leverage that into the disappointment of what Burks has not done so far and, and the injury and play it play the long game on that one. I like that call a lot. And to your point, that is definitely possible right now. There are some disgruntled managers in the streets. <laughs> I was able to, I'm not a huge Traylon Burks guy myself, um, but I was able to a couple weeks ago trade um, a 20, a single 23 second for Traylon Burks. Uh, and I think that's a risk reward scenario that I'm willing to take yeah. because he was a first round pick this year, you know, so you had to take him in the first round with your rookie picks. You already got, a whole round discount just because he's had a slow start. Um, but we know he was very productive, very productive in college. We know he's still a first round wide receiver. He's still going to have opportunity. He's just had a little bit slower of a start. I have a couple that I'm going to throw out there as well. Um, and my two would be Jameson Williams and Sky Moore. So again, two rookies that are, you know, Sky Moore is in a very high powered offense. He has taken a little bit longer than we would have wanted than we would have liked. He's kind of like already in one, you know, half of a season become a post hype sleeper because everyone was really excited about him, you know, going to the chiefs and, and just being this, you know, kind of Jack of all trades. What if he's, is he going to replace Tyreek Hill? Pretty massive jump to go from a, um, a school, the size of his to playing for the Kansas city chiefs, potential super bowl contenders. So Yes, it's taken a little bit longer than we wanted. He is still a talented guy. You even saw flashes of it last week. I think the buy window could be closing fairly soon. I would be trying to get in there and see if you can get, again, somebody who's maybe struggling or on that verge of not knowing what they want to do. Maybe put a little pressure on them, see if you can get Sky Moore. And to the same point, Jamison Williams. I mean, Jared Goff has been playing out of his mind. The Detroit Lions, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bob, I believe they're the number one scoring offense in the NFL at this point in time. Their defense also sucks. That is a great, great combination for fantasy football. Right. So even for this year, he could be a really useful piece. I mean, we've already seen flashes from Garrett Wilson. We've seen flashes from Drake London. We've seen a lot from Chris Olave. He's right in that mold. I mean, for me, he was my pre-draft wide receiver three. So he was actually slightly higher than Chris Olave for me, right behind Drake London and Garrett Wilson. They traded up aggressively to get him as much as they love Amon Ross St. Brown. He brings a completely different skill set. He's not going to really overlap very much with um, Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think it's an either or situation. I mean, we hmm. just saw Jared Goff dish in, you know, multiple touchdowns, um, hundreds of yards worth of yardage to guys like Josh Reynolds, Quintez Cephas, and uh, Khalif Raymond. I think that. You know, Jamison Williams could be an absolute smash, even just the second half of this season. But certainly moving forward, they obviously have plans for him. They traded up aggressively to get him. I would certainly be looking into see, you know, what what is the Jamison Williams manager feeling like? Are they getting frustrated? Do they buy into the narrow narrative that it's Amon Ross St. Brown and that's it in this offense? If so, I would certainly be looking to maybe try and swoop in there and get a deal for Jamison Williams, who have I have really high hopes for myself. Now. I appreciate Bob's taking all his time to spend time with us and talk to us. He's done a great job and it's been awesome. I do have a really important segment here to wrap up with that I want to make sure and uh, and get over here before we go. 
Word of the week. I'm not sure how closely you looked at the show sheet here, Bob, but at the very end, at the very end of the show, I am over here based in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So we have a lot of chat about American football and it's awesome. Learned a lot from yourself. You're a great guest, um, but I do want a th- to throw a little quiz out here. I'm going to give you a word of Northern Irish slang. I'm not going to tell you what it means, and I want you to think on your feet here and see if you can try and guess just from the way the word sounds, what on earth do you think we use this word for? And could you try to use it in a sentence? And then I'll put you out of your misery and tell you what the word actually means. Super. Are you ready for this? Do it. Okay. So the word of the week is banjaxed. So what do you think the word banjaxed means? And could you possibly use it in a sentence? Wow. Banjaxed. Uh, uh, I'm going to say it's when you go to a pub and you try to uh, to to uh, boo the band, and they throw you out of the bar. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't care for the music being played, so I was banjaxed right out the door. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's a very creative answer. So points A for effort. Um, it actually so banjax for us it actually means say something is broken or ruined. Um, so you got in a really bad car accident, your car is banjaxed. It's yeah. just completely broken, written off. Um, you could say you could use. Well, I mean, to be fair, we use any word for meaning drunk, but you could say you know <laughs> you went and got completely banjaxed at the weekend. You know and because you uh, you drank too much. But yeah, in the technical sense of the term, it would mean just something got wrecked, broken. Um, you know, maybe you just fell over, dropped something. Oh, now your phone's banjaxed because the screen is just completely cracked and broken. So thank you again so much for taking time to hop on the show. Had a blast. You were an amazing guest. Guys, if you don't already, I cannot imagine a world in which you would not want to follow Bob. But if you don't, go follow him at Football Die Hard on Twitter. Check out his work with the Football um, Diehards. And obviously, if you have access to SiriusXM, check out the Fantasy Show. It is awesome. Bob, is there anything else you want to shout out? Anything else you want to plug before we go here? No, I think you caught it all. Uh, do I catch my live streams on the YouTube, uh, the Football Diehards uh, at FF Diehards, the YouTube channel? I do Wednesday and Saturday, noon Eastern time every Saturday. Get those last minute lineup questions in. Nice. Love it. Love it, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. Be a friend, tell a friend, make sure and get those ratings, reviews in, subscribe, all that good stuff. Go follow Bob. Get some week five W's, and we will catch up with you again next week. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.